0: Hear the word of the Lord from Luke 11, 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation. He also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. But I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, would give him a snake instead of a fish? or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you. I think I could listen to a little read for a long time. <laughs> Oh man, man, good to be with y'all this morning. So as y'all see, we got some VBS stuff up. I tell you what, I want to give some props to uh, Alina. She has been preparing for this VBS that's coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And also Olivia has spent hours, she's in kids, we're doing this stuff, she spent hours this week. So yeah, yeah, props to, and props to Olivia, she's in kids ministry. So no, a, I'm, I'm excited about it. A lot of work is getting put in, so. Anywho, let's get to the text if you could ask Jesus to teach you anything, what would it be? Huh? How to abide. abide. Now, one time I asked my son that, and he very quickly, matter of factly, said, well, to fly. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I mean, I that might be something I've... If I knew, can, can you make me fly? That would be quick. Uh, save some gas. Anyway, um, what's interesting is that the disciples had this opportunity to ask Jesus to teach them something. And in fact, this is the only time recorded in the Gospels that his disciples asked him to teach them anything. And so what's so interesting is you think of all the questions that they could have asked Jesus all the things they could have got him to teach them to do. The thing that they asked him, it says, will you teach us how to pray? That, that blows my mind. That you, Jesus, is up there raising dead folks, is all this kind of stuff, and, and doing all teaching all these great sermons, and, and, and multiplying loaves and fish, and is doing all this amazing stuff. And the disciples, the one who walk with him day to day, see his life, see him when he's alone, see him when he's in public. He said of all the things that I want you to teach me to do, Jesus, can you teach me how to pray? And what I love is that Jesus says, yes. <laughs> You know, if we ask him to teach us to pray even this day, he says, yes. He says, yes. So, Lord, teach us how to pray. Would you speak to us through uh, the, the text of Scripture this morning? Lord God, that you would, you would soften our hearts to hear your word. Lord, I, I, Lord, please, by the Spirit, open up our eyes and open up our ears so that we would receive what you want to give us in jesus name amen Amen. all right so i feel like i was supposed to say something that's not directed to about the sermon at all so this this just this is an aside sorry i feel like in our particular uh in our church culture in american church culture what people are looking for is they're looking for something that's going to wow them right? They're like, oh, whoa, 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 that, was, that was awesome. You know, they're, they're looking for something that's just going to blow their, their socks off. And what I've come to learn about the Lord is that he is often way more calm and patient than that. And so there's a story where Elijah, he's having a really bad time. He even says stuff like, I want to die. My life is bad. I want to die. And the Lord says, you'll go to this mountain. I'm going to speak to you. And the scripture says that there's this this big, you know, earthquake that happens. And then it says, well, the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then there's this this, this tornado that happens and and the Lord wasn't in the tornado. So there's these big explosive things that anybody would go, well, the Lord made it do that. He must be in it. But then it says that there is a still small voice and that the Lord was there. That the Lord was there. And so what I want for the Christian life of our church is not that we seek to move from one big moment to another, but that we would have a quiet confidence in Christ. That our life wouldn't be like this, but that as we abide in Christ, he gives us stability, peace. And from that place of peace and quiet with Christ, then we can really be faithful in our lives. But if we continue to try to search for God in all these big and explosive experiences, we will find ourselves missing Him. So, mature, Christian maturity is, is not necessarily seen in, in loud and explosive things. But if you meet a, someone who is mature in Christ, one of the things that you'll see about them is peace. So, so we want to be with the, the Lord to the point where we have a sense of peace because everything in, everything in the world is going crazy, right? Everything is going up and down. What, 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 what would happen if, if there were a people who, in, in, in the midst of all the swirls of this life, had some stability because they had been with Christ? All right, that has, that's not really the sermon, but that's just what I felt like I needed to say. All right, so now we're gonna get to it. We need Jesus to teach us to pray. Look at verse one. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. Now, I don't, okay, so the story is this. Jesus is praying. I don't know what kind of praying Jesus was doing, but it must have been pretty legit, right? Jesus is praying, they all like, oh my. You think he's going to teach us to do? What is he? I don't know if he's like, maybe he is doing one of the supposed close prayers. I don't know what he is doing. But whatever the type of prayer life Jesus has, the disciples are like, I, can I get that? Because what you doing, I ain't never seen that before. And I, I, need, I need some of that, Jesus. And it's, it's interesting that the only record, again, of the disciples asking Jesus to teach him something is this, teach us to pray. So they must have seen his prayer life as the source of his power and his effectiveness not only that they had this expectation that prayer was a part of discipleship because they say hey hey john the baptist's disciples are teaching them how to pray so it feels like you should teach us how to pray what's so interesting is i feel like sometimes when we think about growing in the lord we don't think that one of the fundamental aspects of that is prayer we think well i need to know more i need to study more i need to work harder we think of all these, these external things that are, that are loud and, and obvious, but what the disciples thought is that if I'm going to learn how to follow Jesus, if I'm going to apprentice under Jesus, the vital thing that I need to do for my, for my life is that I would know to have a life of prayer. That was one of the most, most interesting things. Like when I first uh, came to the Lord, one of the things that, that was most interesting to me is I would meet uh, the, these old, uh, old women of God, and I'm like, I don't know a lot about you, but I know you didn't prayed. I can tell you, and and I want that. (laughs) I can tell you've been with Jesus. There's something different about you. You might not be impressive uh, by the world's standards, but but when when you talk to me, something's different. And I know the difference is that you've been with the Lord, and I I need that. We need that. See, the the disciples could not imagine another disciple, a follower of a rabbi or a teacher that didn't have a meaningful prayer life. And so we need to learn to pray to be followers of Jesus. be one of the fundamental things that we strive for. And what I love is that he asked, they said, can you teach us to pray? And he gives them a model prayer, right? He he said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us and do not. Bring us into temptation. So what's interesting is I think Jesus is doing two things here. I think he's giving them a model prayer. And I also think he's just saying, when you pray, pray this thing. I don't think it's one or the other. I think when you pray, you should pray the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, you should use the Lord's Prayer as a model for praying. Now, isn't it amazing that Jesus tells us the types of things that we ought to pray for? Listen, listen if he tells us what we ought to ask for, should we not expect that he answer it? If it like, 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 if that's, look, the Lord's prayer is one of the most confident prayers that you should ever pray. Because he said up and said, I want you to ask me this stuff. I think what would be a good practice is that, that you would test your prayer requests against these requests. Yeah? When you look at your prayer life, the things that you ask God go, okay, well, Jesus has given me a set of things that I should ask for. And do the things that I ask for match up in some regard to these things. If not, I'm not praying in the way that Christ has told me to pray. Now, in a very another sense, he gives them a set prayer to pray. And this is how I know. So, so listen, there's a, y'all know I'm a nerd, right? I'm a nerd, okay? If you didn't know, that's, it is what it is, okay? So I read a lot of old documents because it's fun to me. I'm not even joking. Like on Friday night, I sat and read a book about doctrinal statements. It's fun to me, okay? Anywho, there's this this book called the Didache. It was written in the 100s. It was written by some folks who were the disciples of the disciples of Jesus. You got me? They were, they were the, the, the grand baby disciples of Jesus Christ, okay? And so and so what they said, they said, listen, they, the, the, when they had this, this talk about prayer, says, What I want you to do is I want you to recite this prayer three times a day. Now, I'm just assuming they heard that from the apostles who heard it from Jesus. The idea is they said that if this is the prayer Jesus told us to pray, then let's make sure we pray. Let's set aside time. Imagine what would your day be like if you set aside time? And it was crazy is the prayer isn't isn't forever long, right? He's like, set aside some time to say some prayer. Anyway, let's let's dig into it. The first thing he says is he says, I want you to address God as father. We have this access to God and his fatherly care. Listen, the scriptures have tons of titles for God. Lord, master, uh, uh, Lord of the angel armies, all these powerful, magnificent names, judge, all these intense names. But Jesus says, when you address him, I want you to address him as father. Out of all the titles that are used and that are true of God. So when you address, I want you, because listen, I want you to know that you have a God who cares for you. That he is not oblivious That he's not too busy. That He's not like, like, I'm running the world right now. Get on somewhere. I got to do stuff. No, no, no. No, he considers you his child and says, I am listening. I want to know what you are saying. And not only that, we have a God who cares for us and we have a God who provides for us. That that he wants to provide for us. That he's listening and saying, listen, if you need something, I want, listen, the father's in the room. If your kid says, I need something, you're going to make it happen. Now, you're going to make it happen, and you don't have infinite power. How much more than our Heavenly Father, when we ask for something we need, will say, I got you. You are my child. Then he goes on to say, your name be honored as holy. Now, listen, some of of the times we don't pray the Lord's Prayer, it's because some of the the, the requests are like, what does that mean? Yeah? What What does it mean that your name be honored as holy? Well, this is from, from, a, from an old catechism from Martin Luther. It says, God's name is kept holy. What does it mean? When the word of God is taught in its truth and purity. And when we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches our lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. In other words, it's saying, one of your first requests is, Lord, would you help me to be holy? Would you help me to live a life that, that, that looks like that it reflects your word? Would you help me to be righteous? Listen, if you are asking God to help you to be holy, you can know he wants to answer that because he's the one that told you to ask for it. I don't know about you. Sometimes I frustrate myself. Do you ever frustrate yourself? You're like, why the world did I just do that? Dummy, you know, like, like, what's wrong with me? I'm tripping. Listen, if you're tripping, you got a father that wants you to help. He'll to help you stop tripping. Lord, I'm tripping today. I'm not honoring your name as holy. Please, please help me to honor you. And he says, I, I wanted you to ask that. I got you. We think what kind of what kind of life would would honor him? and he goes on. He says, Listen, you should ask that that you you would honor. That, that your life would honor God, that the life of those around you would honor God. And he says, I want you to ask your kingdom come. Now, again, sometimes we don't pray stuff. It's like, okay, well, that's cool and everything, but what does that mean? What does it mean, your kingdom come? It means this, it's like, Jesus, I want you to rule your people by your word and by the spirit. See, the father tells us what to do through his word and through his spirit. The more people obey him, the more our world looks like his kingdom here's the way i like to look at it when i pray let your kingdom come sometimes i like to look at my street and i go what would this street look like if jesus was the king what how would people be behaving what would people be saying and doing uh, to one another if jesus christ was literally the king right here it'd be different wouldn't it it'd be a lot different I'm I'm praying that the rule, that the reign of Christ would be evident. And guess guess what, y'all? He has a benevolent and a good rule. He's not just trying to to rule out of this this weird, I just want to flex my muscles. No, no. he wants to rule so that we would be blessed, that there would be love, that there would be grace, that there would be kindness. I'm like, Lord, Lord, would would, would my neighborhood, would my my workplace, would, would my home, would that look like you are reigning here right now? Would you help us act like you are the king here right now? When we're asking for the kingdom to come, we're also asking, asking him to destroy the evil kingdom. See, the, the scripture says that fundamentally there are two kingdoms at war with one another. There's Jesus' kingdom, and then there's the kingdom of Satan. And Jesus and his apostles testify to this. See, when when, when Paul says that you get saved, when he says it in Colossians, it says that Jesus transfers you from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of his son. And so when we look at the world and we see evil and death and killing, what you are seeing is you're seeing the works of this evil kingdom. And so when you say, let your kingdom come, you're saying, Jesus, destroy that other one the one that has killing, the one that has jealousy, the one that has bitterness. Destroy that one, Jesus, and establish your reign right here. Listen, when we're asking that, that, that God would, would show grace to those who are in need and would, would deliver the oppressed and, and those who are vulnerable, why are they oppressed? Because there is an evil kingdom out to kill, uh, steal, and destroy. And we're saying, Jesus, I want you to destroy that one and establish your kingdom right here. Then I love Jesus gets real practical. Give us each day our daily bread. Lord, sometimes we're hungry. We need some bread. When I teach my kids the Lord's Prayer, because something to give us this day, that's kind of funky. I just say, ask the Lord, give us what we need today. <laughs> it's very simple. Give us what we need today. If you ever think about it, there's a lot of stuff that you need and we live in abundance so we don't think about that a lot uh but you needed that food you needed that gas in your car you needed a car i mean there's a lot of stuff you need and you're like god loves you so much let's create he goes from hey i want you to pray that you're holy i, I want you to pray that the the satanic kingdom is, is, is struggling and also if you need lunch today i want you to pray for that too because i care about this macro grand scheme and i also care about the intricacies of your everyday life one of the things that the church fathers would say about when give us this day a daily praise is yeah give us what we need but then then they would always they would always jesus every every time somebody jesus juke you you talk talking about something normal in their life. But Jesus, you're like, I wouldn't even do it. I We'll just talk about a regular conversation. Well, the church fathers do that a lot. And they say, hey, whenever you're asking for your daily bread, who's the bread of life? Jesus. You know, <laughs> it's Jesus. But the reality is we need that too, do we not? Do we not need Christ every day? More fundamentally than food? We're saying, Jesus, I need you today. I need all the stuff that I need, but most of all, I need you to satisfy me. I need you to fill me. Jesus, I need you. One of the other things I love about the Lord's prayer is if you pay attention, it's plural. Give who? Us. <laughs> Give us our daily bread. It's, it's, it's a reminder that when you're seeking the Lord, you're not just seeking him for you. That you, when you're praying, as part of prayer, you could just do a very basic, basic look around. What do other people need around me? What do they need? Well, Lord, can you give it to them? the, The sister there is struggling. Would you give her encouragement? The brother there just lost his job. Would you give him a job, Lord? What, what do they tangibly, literally need? Lord, help them. See, when we're asking God to give us the things that we need, this this is a recognition that all good things come from him anyway. Listen, the reason we ask him for what we need is because we know that he can provide. You don't go asking stuff from people that you know they don't got, right? If somebody don't got no money, you ain't like, can I get $5? Like, I ain't got no money. Like, no. But if somebody got it and they like you... (laughs) You're like, well, I heard you said you wanted me to get some bread, and I'm hungry, so can I get some? And his disposition is, yes, I got you. Listen, this is a crazy thing. God answers this prayer every day, even when we don't even ask it. Even when we don't ask it, God says, I'm still going to provide for you. This means that we have to have this continual thanksgiving. Then he moves on, and he says, and forgive us our sins. See, we need to have, uh, uh, we have this need of continual repentance because we consistently sin it's so funny jesus didn't say if you sin today pray that he actually assumes that you did <laughs> right he won't check your heart see if you sin that no he says now every day when you pray <laughs> you need to make sure you ask god to forgive you of your sins that means you got some okay that means i got some but here's the deal here's the deal here's the deal when we have this, 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 this line in the prayer that calls for us to, to examine our hearts and to confess our sins, we're not asking him a question that we're confused about the answer. Okay? We can be assured of his forgiveness. There's never a point where you're like, Lord, will you forgive me? He's like, I don't know today. There is never a point when it's like that. We don't have to wonder if he will forgive. Do we not just read that verse this morning? If anyone says what? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I can ask him and not be like, I hope he... No, he does. And listen, when your brother or your sister is struggling with guilt that doesn't seem to go away, you need to tell him that. I don't know what God's going to say to a lot of your prayers, but I know what he's going to say to this one. I know if you ask him to forgive you, I know for a fact he will forgive you because he said he would. Then he goes for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us now that's a hard one to pray with a straight face if you're honest do we i don't know i don't know in other words just saying let us not be bitter let us not hold grudges i'm a, this is my personal testimony I, pr- I pray this prayer a lot i pray slowly and there was there's a period of time for about a month every time i got to that line the lord showed me some pictures of some people that hurt me He's like, all right, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, no, you got, you, you, you holding bitterness in your heart about them. I forgave you, therefore you ought to forgive them. Then it goes, do not bring us into temptation. Other words, he's saying, guard us against the devil, the world, and our sinful desires that's the threefold evil that the scripture explains that there is there's this real and true supernatural evil we live in a culture that that wants to be naturalistic in other words they want to say that there's the only explanations that exist are those that we can tangibly see but nobody believes that when evil happens nobody is like well naturalistically they're like was wrong with that dude I don't know what possessed it. Now, listen, even, even folks who don't have any type of religious worldview, when evil happens, they got to ascribe it to something because like, this ain't even normal for us. They, it, it, he's saying, listen, listen, listen. You have to ask the Lord, like, guard me from that supernatural evil because it is real. And not only that, there's, there's something that exists that the Bible calls the world. And it's, it's very uh, confusing, but what it means is the world is the, is the, cult- the culture's acceptable sins. Every culture has different ones, Right? I think one of our really acceptable sins in America is greed. You've been asking the Lord to deliver you from that? <laughs> like, no, so Lord, Lord, help me, guard me from the ones that I know are obvious sins and even the ones that I don't know because of where I live. There's some I, I don't even know, Lord, guard me from that. And not only that, he says, like, guard me from my sinful nature. I have this impulse inside of me to do wrong. That is, listen, if you're ever trying to talk to somebody about the truthfulness of the claims of, of what the scriptures teach, what they teach about people is about as plain as day you'd be like you don't even have, you don't have to agree on what is right you're like what do you think is right and they'll say blah 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 and like do you always do that well like, it's like the most obvious thing there's something there's this impulse inside of us to do something we ought not to do and God's saying ask for deliverance from that so Jesus gives it listen if you spent your time thinking through this prayer and asking from what this prayer teaches me what should I ought to be praying I think you'll have some stuff to pray about yeah I think you might be able to spend a little, like 10, 15 minutes talking to the Lord about something. Talking to him with confidence because he told you to pray that. But, but God is so good, he doesn't just tell us that what we ought to pray. Jesus gives us motivation for praying. See, the next part is about why we should keep on praying. Now, because, now because that's in the text, you should have this assumption that you won't always instantly get what you ask. Because like, he's assuming that. And then he's like, now when you ask, ask again and again and again. Because God honors persistent prayer. Look at verse 5. Jesus wants us to pray boldly. He said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Because a friend of mine is on a journey. And he's come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from his side and say, don't bother me. <laughs> the door is already locked. And my children and are am going to bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Those two words stick out to me. Shameless boldness. Now listen, who is telling you to pray with shameless boldness? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, how you want to pray? I want you to play real polite now that's not what he said it's not i only want you i want you to ask for things that you think i get no he ain't he said i want you to pray with shameless boldness he said forget politeness forget being timid he said i want you to come to me bearing your soul bearing your desires and say lord i am in need please help me That, that, see, one, one, one of the things that sticks out when somebody who has a, has a, has a, a good prayer life that you're like, oh man, something's happening. When they pray, you're like, you can ask God that? You're just gonna say it like that. Okay, okay, I didn't know. You know, like, you just, like, just say it. Like, Lord, I need this, please help me. There's a desperation that exists in there. If, if, if I need divine help, my desperation is gonna come out in my prayer. And Jesus didn't say, don't do that. He says, that, that's what I want. If it's burdening your heart, I want you to tell me that. It's almost like we have to ask God, God, would you burden me for the things that you want me to pray for? When something is weighing heavy on you, that is the thing that you ought to bring to the Lord. When it is affecting you, when it's like a cloud over your head that doesn't leave you, that very thing is the thing to say, hey, that thing that's getting on you, pray about that and pray about it consistently this must have been how jesus prayed maybe that's why they asked him jesus you're saying a lot of crazy stuff to god over there like what can you teach me you know jesus like well let me show you don't be scared (laughs) that's what jesus is saying but think about how he prayed in the garden of gethsemane right If you remember, he's about to endure the the suffering of the cross and and the weight of our sin. And it says that he is sweating and his sweat is like great drops of blood. And he says, Father, if there is any way, take this cup from me. The whole reason he came was to drink that cup. That is a shameless, bold prayer, is it not? That's the reason he became human. But he's looking at it, and it's human. He's like, I don't want that. If there is any way. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Listen, he says, I want you to pray in an undignified way. He's not looking for perfectly polished prayers. He's not looking for perfectly polished attitudes. He's like, bring you with all your messed upness. Bring you to me and tell me what is on your heart. So, So we ought to pray boldly. And, and intensely, and ask for outrageous things. And in reality, if you think about the requests of the Lord's Prayer, they are kind of outrageous. Yeah? I'm tripping again today, Lord. Will you forgive me? Like, you asked me yesterday. No, like, <laughs> but we know his disposition. Or if you know what's going on in your block, you're like, Lord, let it be like you the king here. You're like, there's a lot of stuff he got to defeat for it to look like that. The things that we're asking are ridiculous and are crazy and are outrageous. But nevertheless, we ask them anyway. So so why not ask God for, for others' salvation? Why not ask God to show mercy on the weak? Why not ask God to destroy the satanic kingdom? You ask those outrageous and crazy prayers. Why? Because he told you to. Not only does he want us to pray boldly, he wants us to pray persistently. That's that second story in verse 9. It says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open." What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, Who, who can't ask him for eggs anyway? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? He's saying, listen, he says, I want you to ask, I want you to seek, I want you to knock. He's he's like, pray again, and again, and again, and again, and again. I don't know if you ever had, like, listen, listen. I did not get this scripture until I had kids. I promise y'all. But if there is a molecule of of, of an idea that they will get something from you and they want it, if they they think it's like a 1% chance, I'm not joking. Like, if this is like a little bit, they're like, "Hey, can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that?" Can I that? And you're like, "Bro, chill, bro." You're finally, like, dog, come on, just get the thing." Like, 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 he. The reason that that the children ask so persistently is because they truly believe in their heart, deep down, that mommy and daddy love me, and if I keep on asking. They're going to give it to me. They truly, like, deep down, they believe that. And he's saying, that belief that they have, that's what I want you to have. I, like If I keep asking, he is my father and he loves me and he is going to give it to me. That's the persistence that comes from an assurance of God's fatherly care. I know you love me. I know you care about me. And you know I need this. You know I need your help. You know I need your help to be holy. You know I need your help not to walk into sin. You know I need your help not to whole bitterness of that person who made me angry. You know I need your help. Please, please help me. And We got to be crazy enough to believe that if we keep asking, he's going to be like, I got you. What I love is in the last verse of this passage, Jesus gives the ultimate answer to our prayers by giving us the Holy Spirit. Verse 13, if you then who are evil, I don't even know why he said that, he just like murked them for no reason. Anyway, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In Matthew, it says, How much more will he give good things? But in this in this gospel, see he he explicitly says, what the good thing is? What is the good thing? The good thing is the Spirit. He defines what the ultimate good gift is. In other words, he's saying, "Lord, out of all the things that I want, would You give me more of Your Spirit?" And is not the Holy Spirit the answer to every petition and the, and the request? Help us to honor You, Lord. How I need the Spirit. Help us to obey You, Lord. How I need the Holy Spirit. Give me what I need. What I need fundamentally is you, Lord. Forgive me. Who assures me of that forgiveness? The Holy Spirit. Protect me from evil. Who's the one that can guide my steps? The Spirit of the living God. He's saying, listen, listen. I, what I love about the scriptures is it's saying, listen, what you need most of all is God. And what, what God gives you is God. What you need, he gives See, the scriptures talk about the fact that we need the filling of the Holy Spirit continually. So it talks about in Ephesians 4, it says, says, I want you to continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to make myself do that, so I got to ask, right? So maybe it would be a wise thing that when we're praying among all the things that are on our heart, when we're saying this, that, and the other, we're saying, Lord, please, please give me more of your spirit. Please fill me with your spirit today that I might honor you, that I might praise you, that I might walk in the right path. Lord, I need you. And see, the work of Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and every single good thing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 120, it says, for every one of God's promises is yes in him therefore through him we also say amen to the glory of god what is he saying what does he mean that every one of god's promises is yes in christ what does that even mean what he's saying is that all the promises that god made in the old testament are fulfilled in the life and work of christ so here are some some of the promises some of the promises in the old testament that that you have forgiveness of sins how you get that jesus some of the promises that you would have a transformed heart how you get that Jesus, some of the promises that, that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on you. How you get that? Jesus, everything that you need is provided in the life and work of Jesus. That when he died on the cross, when he rose from the, from the dead, every promise that God has ever made to, to you has been fulfilled and been poured out because of the work that he has done. All of this was accomplished by his death, resurrection, and ascension. Yeah. How do you know you are forgiven? Because he died for your sins. How do you know you have power to change? Because he rose from the dead. How do you know that he pours out the Spirit? Because the Scripture says that when he's seated at the right hand of the Father, that he will pour the Spirit out on his people. All of the promises are yes in him. So, 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 so that's why we ask. Because Jesus has assured us that we will get good things from the father because he has done the work for us to even receive those those good things so i got three things three things that that we can do in response to this three things the first one is going to be real simple say the lord's prayer (laughs) why don't you incorporate that into your life maybe you're like pastor will my prayer life is like it's just bad i don't know what to do it's really bad i get there i don't know what to say he, I, he did give you something to say though right what he saying in scripture when you pray say does <laughs> that not what he said <laughs> when you pray say this so if you're like ma'am I, I don't even know where to start there it is that's how you start what what if you were to say this what if you were to say this three times a day what if you, you were to wake up and say the lord's prayer what if after lunch you said the lord's prayer what if before you went to bed you said the lord's prayer sometimes that's just my extended amen i prayed about this that and other but i'm like in case i forgot anything our father in heaven you know like let me get all the stuff out there that would be a good start and if you're growing in prayer why don't you use the lord's prayer as a template yeah that that you like you would set it out you're like our father in heaven thank you lord you are my father you are seated in heaven but yet you care about me you have made me uh, you have made me your child because of what christ has done thank you for that may your name be honored so the lord today lord i did not honor you i didn't honor you because i was i was greedy i I didn't honor you because i wanted this that and the other lord help me to honor you oh forgive my sins lord 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 i was i was wilding yesterday i i I popped up off the mouth i shouldn't have said that to that person would you forgive me you see what i'm saying like 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 you can do that and then i even i did, did it wrong remember it's r right Help him, her, them, over there. There's a, lot, there's a lot of things that the Lord could lead us in if we would use the Lord's prayer as a template. And in fact, if you want to learn how to do that, there's a paper in the front of the church. It says, how to have a quiet time. And it literally uses the Lord's prayer as a model. If you're like, I don't know how to do that. Go grab it on your way out. And the last thing I would say is that since Jesus revealed what the ultimate good is, the Holy Spirit, we should make it a practice to ask the spirit you don't just get filled with the spirit once you read the book of acts they got filled with the spirit like that time and that time and that time like, you need the spirit, spirit's power fresh every day so why don't you make it a practice say lord would you fill me with the holy spirit today see all the benefits of and blessings of god come with him because he's fully god would we be a church that say lord fill us with the spirit that we might display your fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That we might display your gifts. Fill us with the spirit. And this is what we gotta remember. All the promises of God are what? Yes. So when you ask him to get filled with the Spirit, what's the answer? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because of what Christ has done. So let's pray and let's ask boldly because Christ has said yes. Father, you are so good. We bless you and we honor you. We thank you that you are teaching us how to pray. And Father, I pray continually that every day you would teach us how to pray more and more. And Lord, I ask you that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. That we could say no to sin and yes to you consistently. That our lives would be a blessing to others because of you that you would bring your transforming power in our hearts and your power to do ministry, Lord. You bring so many blessings when you come. So Spirit of the living God, would you fill us? And we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you have made all of this possible
0: because of your death and resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.